This episode of Core is brought to you by the support of fans like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash core show today. Hello and welcome to Core. This is Core for Thursday, April 18th, 2019 with Scott Johnson, Bo Schwartz, and John Jagger. And uh, we're back, everybody. We're back. Classic edition. We're going to start calling everything classic because a little later in the show, we're going to talk about how our old pal Heroes of the Storm is now classified at Blizzard as a classic video game. And uh, we'll maybe have a little fun with that. Um, before we get to all that, Let's talk about the Star Wars experience. No, Star Wars celebration. Excuse me. May the 4th be with you is still around the corner, and I hate that day because I hate the way that sounds. That's a a good bad name for their holiday. Not to get right into the criticisms, but... (laughs) You say good bad, but I'm going to argue bad bad because it sounds like... Oh, so if you say it and people say, oh, he means the 4th, and that rhymes with 4th... Or, uh, sorry, uh, force. So that's funny. Ha ha. I get it. I get why people do it. But it sounds like someone's just horribly mispronouncing. Oh no no no! I know word. you have a personal vendetta against that. I mean the word celebration. Oh that! Oh that's fine. That the con itself is called celebrate. I'm just like, eh. yub nub. It's when you dance around and you're in the trees and uh, st- it's like bl- blizzard celebration. Like you, <laughs> you know, like it just it just it ain't it. You know, that's all. Anyway, speaking of which, is a little weird to you guys that uh, we talked about this in Slack a little bit, but. Is anyone weirded out that there's no BlizzCon announcement yet, given that it usually happens in March sometime, sometimes early April, but we are not no. early April anymore? <laughs> yeah. I'm the opposite of surprise, given how things have unraveled since December. Yeah, I feel... <laughs> or since even that BlizzCon. I, if that were me, I would never want to do a BlizzCon again, honestly. It was... It was pretty weird, but don't you think that this is their chance to like set that right and have like the best no. BlizzCon ever? No. No. What no. have they got? Well, they don't have much, but what if they had... Okay, hear me out. Here's my scenario that works. Okay. I'm not arguing for it or against it, because honestly, at this point, I'm not really sure what they're doing. I thought we would have heard by now. And I've also said in the past that if you were going to skip a year, probably one to do it with, you know, build up some good some good uh, stuff before the next one and maybe skip one. But we'll see what they do. But anyway, here's my argument for doing it. They actually have Diablo 4 ready to announce and show and make playable in some form. Uh, so that would be a huge deal. They have a new World of Warcraft expansion to announce and have playable, which they always do when they announce them. Uh, they would, in theory, have um, potentially maybe multiple, but let's say at least one of these projects they've been working on secretly, ready to, at the very least, announce, if not show, and make it a big year for new products that aren't coming out in 2019 because there they are at the end of it at blizzcon in november but stuff that could be a 2020 release i could see them doing that it's possible but i also would have thought they'd have announced it by now so i'm starting to think maybe like i said last year they already have pushed all the esports problems out of the way hcc literally by killing it and in the case of uh overwatch league it runs it, it doesn't run at BlizzCon. At BlizzCon, you just have the 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 um, closest thing I can compare it to in like football. You, it's like a Pro Bowl, right? All the big popular players are playing, but it's not for any, you know, it's not for all the marbles. And Hearthstone, I forget how they do it, but they could easily shift stuff around. Like, I don't think, I think they put themselves in a position where they don't have to have 
a BlizzCon just because esports is pumping through the veins. So if they skipped a year and they've done it before or twice, uh, for other reasons, this this would be as good a reason as any to like reset a little bit, let the new management sink in, let their new plan sink in. I know they make money from BlizzCon. Nobody ever knows how much because I don't think they say. That's a factor, obviously, but also if they're feeling, if they're licking their wounds a little bit and worried about backlash, I mean, whatever. They'd sell a ton of tickets no matter what. They'd still sell out of tickets, but the scrutiny would be hardcore. So I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place on this. I don't know if they are or aren't. But the fact, yeah. Not to sound like the most negative Blizzard person on the wor- in the world, and I'm not. I love their games. It's one of the few company games that I've played this week. But uh, I just feel like if BlizzCon is a celebration for the fans and a celebration of all things Blizzard, what do we have to celebrate right now? Because mm. it doesn't feel like a lot feels like no. a lot of bad news for a lot of games. You've got the Overwatch players generally upset right now. You've got the Hearthstone players. I'm hearing decent things about this expansion, so maybe they're turning around, but they just had an expansion. You've got Heroes of the Storm players, which probably don't have a whole lot of nice things to say. I don't think they're going to be ready to show Diablo 4, so maybe they say Diablo 4 on a stage, but... I, I don't see anything really showing that's going to get people too excited beyond, hey, we're doing it, which they've already said. Mm-hmm. Uh, World of Warcraft people aren't very happy at the moment. I just feel like you've got, and you've got so much negative press around them in general. I feel like you throw a BlizzCon when that story starts to turn, not as an attempt to turn it, you know? Mm. It's a good argument. I mean, I don't disagree. Do you, do you think they just keep doing so I haven't been to many BlizzCons. In fact, the last two were my only two in person. I've watched them. The watch experience is much different when you've never been yeah. as to what things look like is when you're there. First of all, there are a ton of people. Right. But my biggest frustration, even though we were very focused on Heroes of the Storm, was that there's so much cool stuff going on. And I got to see none of it because it all happened at the same time. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about being there. A lot of people don't know this. Um, you don't get, You don't see hardly anything. Like it's, I would have loved to have seen, like, right. the, I know they did a voice actor panel. I wanted to go to that. I had another thing to do while that was happening. Like, there are a bajillion panels. Every one of them are interesting for the most part. Right. Except, I, I don't know. They're all interesting. And there's esports going on. And there's announcements. And there's just hanging out with your friends. And it's, like, I get they have a lot of people. So it's not like they can just have one thing to do. But it just feels like the focus on what that what BlizzCon even is, is fragmented. I don't know. Yeah. And with the Diablo was setting the whole tone for that busy weekend with the way the Diablo immortal thing went down. Like that's a, I'd have to think people working there would feel pretty. That's not a great way to start your weekend. You know, right. a celebration come in like just with all the stuff going on, it's already high pressure for them as it is. Yeah. And a year and off just, gives them a chance to, to reset in, in some important ways. One with news cycles and PR about actual games you know, some of that rubber meeting the road on new projects. Just heard Kaplan talk a bunch about next year's plans for Overwatch um, or things that would be in 2020, which, you know, that's them looking forward. That may even be a sign there's no BlizzCon. I don't know. But talking about features and plans that fans have been asking for for a long time, like if they had a full year and a half to just focus on, you know, pounding out 
what the new Blizzard looks like and and shaping it out to be what it is and try to get away from this Activision cloud a little bit, if they even can. I don't know, but I'm nowhere near saying it's the last BlizzCon, but maybe a year off wouldn't kill him. You know? Or a year where they come out and not be cagey about things and just say this is a community year. We're going to do all the community stuff. And so don't fly out overseas if you're expecting to be the be there when something big drops. Yeah. In fact, I didn't at one point I know they released they announced Diablo 3 or Reaper Souls at Gamescom or something like that and they were saying, you know, BlizzCon isn't about there was a point period in time where it was like BlizzCon's not about all the, the only time for announcements. We can announce oh for sure around. <clears throat> yeah. And a part of me is like, yeah, like all that stuff like I, it was fun to be a part of the hype and stuff, but I mean, in any of those trailers I could have watched online, like I really feel like my focus is just like meeting people, enjoying the games that are there to try like it really there just was really a lot to do in a short amount of time and i felt like that really at least in the in-person experience it i don't know yeah no, i, I guess I, it's diablo I, tainting it because like <laughs> you sort of you just sort of take for granted that everything you're going to announce is going to be amazing and so the weekend will be amazing and then when it happens like last year that's it's just tough it's just tough yeah you had me at diablo's taint but also i'm going to say this it's big and red. It's <laughs> uh, like the rest of them. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that if they my my optimistic idea only works if they're way further along with lots of things, and I'm basing that on nothing. Like I don't have any evidence that anything is far far enough along to truly show off. And I don't mean just an announcement trailer. I mean like play people to be able to play stages of a game or to play a little bit at very least something. And if they don't have any of that, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it's I think that's okay. I, I think I mean ultimately, I would want it to be community focused, anyways. Yeah, I think that's the, the most fun, or at least the most I got out of it was just meeting people, sharing passion over the game, stuff like that. I, I don't. Again, it, I'm not <laughs> a business manager. <laughs> My advice is probably terrible, but. You know, I didn't really spend a lot of time engaging with the esport uh, viewings or even really just like it was mainly about the people that were there for me. And so, yeah, and it's become I don't that, know that I need that. It's kind of that for me. Since I mean, I've been going since 2011 every year and they it is that, you know, like it's more the community and, and seeing friends and hanging out and all of that than it ever is anything else or me, you know, being able to. Do, do things with Blizzard, for Blizzard, or whatever, and that's been great. Like, I don't have a single regret about any year I've gone, including last year. But even I, with such a, you know, I'm so biased towards Blizzard, and I have been for so many years, um, even I could could see why that this might get skipped. So You killed it at the QA last year, but think of all the people that missed you because they wanted to see something just a little bit more, you know? Like, and mm. to me... Sometimes you miss the big thing because you're busy at some other panel and stuff. I, I just think maybe there's an opportunity to rethink how they approach it, I guess. Sure, sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. I think that's Because even Hearthstone, I, I, I take a passing interest in Hearthstone, so it's exciting to go and see what was up with Hearthstone. They're like in the shed. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, <laughs> if the Anaheim Convention Center is a house, there's like house your garage and then there's a shed in the back where the weirdos play hearthstone i'm like isn't this game mega popular like online like why is it in the shed yeah and you know and I, that stuff like that sort of just you know I'm just like well, i don't have time for hearthstone there's only two days to this damn thing but it would be cool to actually 
be there. And it was sort of a ghost town. I think the tavern had people in it, but when I went by, there's just so much to do and it's so diffuse. Yeah. Anyways, that's my two. two you, you could have played through uh, Diablo Immortal a couple more times. That's how you should have filled your day. Right, John? That would have been your way. No, you could have done without that. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, I was fine, it was fine playing it once. I didn't need to play it. Was it, a, it, it was an app that run really well and it felt like the Diablo experience and you said it was all right. You it were, was okay. Yeah. I mean, for no, what John it, did. Important. Or even so John. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. For what it is, it was, it's fine. It was okay. It's fine. I wouldn't base a convention around it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of brings us back to the whole point. Um, yeah. I think there's a story we'll get 10 to 20 years down the line about what led to that thing. Yeah. I wish I've been doing, uh, as you know, if you're listening to the core show on the podcast feed, you know that there's been a couple of parts of a, a Metzen series that I'm working on. I've been putting it both on the instance and here. Uh, cause it feels like a good crossover, uh, crowd. And, uh, I wish he was still there shortly, not that long ago enough that I could poke him about issues like this and see if I can get something out of it. But this is well past his, 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 uh, his purview now. Like he has no idea. I doubt he knew that I'm sure he knew about four being started and scrapped a couple of times. I'm sure he's got a very sympathetic and understandable. Uh, oh, really, again, game development, we're just like a big wall for us. It's just like, yeah. why can't they get it right? And it's like, he, it's definitely complex. He had one of my favorite quotes about where he thought Diablo was going when they were talking to him. And he said, uh, in reference to directions, the story could go from here. One of the things he mentioned, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he said something to the effect of you've got this character, Leah, who really had a bunch of people come in and take advantage of her and got a real raw deal. And maybe something should be looked into with regards to finding peace or justice for her. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. I'd love to see where that goes. And I don't know if he meant that as what we did with, uh, Adria in, um, in the first expansion and Reaper of souls, but it always sounded like that was going to be like maybe the follow-up expansion. And, even the stuff they teased with Adria in, in Reaper of Souls hinted that there might be more beyond that, and it never came to be, and that was a story I was always really invested in. Well, I have great, so, I have great news for you and anyone who's interested in a little bit of behind-the-scenes Diablo stuff about three, how it was made, why the story went the way it did go, and an acknowledgement from Chris that a lot of people didn't like the direction he took but you're going to hear the reasons why he did and why he was motivated to go the way he went. It's fascinating. And it was just, it's like a 20 minute portion of the final piece that I'm putting together for part three. And it's awesome. It's really good. If I was not already hyped enough, Scott, that and Starcraft two, there's another big chunk of Starcraft two stuff. You just be like, Oh my gosh, dude, no freaking way. It's great. It's super great. So I can't wait to put it out. Yeah. I'll put that out probably tomorrow actually yeah. uh well for subscribers to the instance but <laughs> then the rest of them get it the following week so what about one-time guest hosts of the instance uh they everybody on core and there will be dungeons gets free early access to everything great. I make. yeah wait did you you guest host it on the instance yeah he did yeah one time you did great uh, you should do that Bo. come on there with me sometime i'm off tomorrow are you really? But I haven't played World of Warcraft in <laughs> <laughs> We brought this ex- expert guest on. He hasn't played since 2018. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. anyway, it's uh, that's been a fun process. All right, so where I was getting in the first place was Star Wars. And Star Wars Celebration is all about movies and TV and all their plans and everything. But a huge part of it was what they're doing in games, or at least it has been for the last few years that they use that as a place for them to get up and talk about it. Respawn Entertainment, of course, working on a Star Wars game, the one of the only ones that hasn't been canceled or or heavily dicked with to the point of pissing everybody off, and that game is called Fallen Order, and they showed it off, or at the very least they showed a cinematic trailer um, uh, with a, a guy in the main role who looks just like a dude on a TV show my wife watches, but I can't place it. I'm sure I could look this up. I didn't. He's based on a real actor, so it could be that guy. I'm sure it's that guy. Like that. What's that show called? Wicked Kitten will know this. I don't know why I think she would. <laughs> it just seems like a show she would like. My wife likes it. It seems like a Wicked Kitten show. But The Good Wife? No, it's like that, though. It's Shameless. Oh, yeah, Shameless. That's the show. Never mind. That's a comedy. That's a good... I've seen Shameless. It's somebody from Shameless. I don't know. I don't know the guy. But apparently he's respected and regarded as a as a fine actor. But uh, anyway, he's your main dude. We don't know a whole lot, except um, this takes place closer to the prequels. So Bo's probably stoked. That, yeah, uh, you saw my tweet, eh? You didn't like it, though, I noticed. No, I liked it, didn't I? I did not not know. like it. Oh, no, I guess you do, by default, not like something. Hold I on. was paying close attention to who liked my... If, they should do more know. prequels now, because <laughs> I'm like, I better not see John's name come up here. Because <laughs> I know he's not for it. Yeah. I, Anyways. There's stuff in the prequels that are all right. There's Prequel a couple things. okay. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I think the Clone Wars stuff is some of the best stuff in Star Wars. I just don't like Attack of the Clones, the movie. Yeah, I kind of agree. I also would just say, here's here's the thing. I don't want to go off on this tangent necessarily, but I'm gonna. The prequels have some stuff in it that is so cool that it deserves to be in a better movie. That's all I would say. So, like, I think Darth Maul is one of the greatest villains in Star Wars history. He's amazing. And they short-shrifted that they blew that. It was so stupid. He should have been the villain for all three of those prequels. Clone um, Wars fixed that, though. Again, yes. Clone Wars is great. Clone Wars is great. Uh, I really mm-hmm. like General Grievous. Grievous is okay on paper. Great in the Clone Wars. Yes, great in the Clone Wars <laughs> and also awesome on paper, but his realized film adaptation <clears throat> is a wheezy mess. He sucks in the movies. Or movie. No movies, two of them, right? Wasn't he in uh, Clone? No, he's War? only he's only in three. He's only in the. Oh, I thought he was uh, in Clones and Three. Okay, <clears throat> those those things are cool. That giant lizard that Obi Wan rides is cool. Uh, I think pod racing is cool. The actual ships and the tech and the races are rad. And I love the idea of sand people taking pot shots at them while they're driving by. Everything about that is cool. The annou- two headed announcer and all the stupid kids and aliens flying those things—they can go f right off. That's all stupid. But the actual pod, the idea of these pods and this racing is rad. Uh, underground civilization, awesome. Actual Gungans and Jar Jar sucks. Like they have moments of brilliance. Those are those prequels, and then they get so dumb after that. Anyway, I don't. I'm not okay. even. We didn't want to get too tangenty, so we'll just leave it at <clears> that. Yeah, we'll leave but it. I will at say, that. I saw Phantom Menace like four times when it released. I was so stoked. Oh my lord, really. I love that movie. I, I did too, actually, for somebody who doesn't like that movie. I saw it a lot of times. I dealt with the, maybe I like it for a long period of time before I landed on, I don't really like it. 
See, I knew the first time I went, this is no good. I'm not seeing this again. This was a waste of me standing in line for four hours plus whatever else I spent. Like, it sucked. Uh, but I had to battle fanboy brain, which said, no, you liked this. It's Star Wars. And then there was rational brain that was like, I don't know if I did all the way. And it was like, no, it's Star Wars, John. You liked it. Did part of you wonder if you saw it enough times that that would do it? Like you'd walk? Yeah. In? Okay. And honestly, it happened occasionally. I had weird. So I probably saw that movie in the theater probably six or seven times over the course of its initial launch. Mm. I went with a bunch of people in separate trips and all of that. I like a lot of people in the first movie was like, yeah, Jar Jar Binks kind of sucks around viewing number four. I laughed at everything Jar Jar said <laughs> that one time, one time it was hilarious to me. Wow. And then every time after that, it was right back to, I don't know if I dig this guy, it's, it's but called, it's, it's called Stockholm syndrome. It oh. might have been exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's funny the sixth or seventh time. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. I hated it the first time. But John, really pretty like soon it. you're fighting with the rebels. No pun intended, but yeah, you got yeah. Stockholm syndrome after four viewings. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing about fallen order. Uh, Respawn, of course, writing the current uh, success that they're having uh, over there with their, not Anthem, uh, what's the name of the damn thing? Apex Legends. Apex. <laughs> Definitely not writing success of Anthem. That's not happening. Uh, they, That's them. That's who's working on this. So a lot of people are excited about this. My favorite part of the announcement was the tweet that the Respawn, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Respawn, Twitter account, or whoever did it, said... Uh, It'll be out this year. It will have no microtransactions. It'll have no loot boxes. And we will never add them, which is a very interesting tagline for your new Star Wars movie. But it says a lot about the history of EA recently and those things. I do think it's a little bit funny, and I've heard others remark about this, that they're acting like, we're never going to do that stuff to you, the gamer. You deserve better. EA's the one that does it. <laughs> they're, they've been, pro- they're the ones that have that made it so bad in the industry as a whole and kind of pushed in those directions and now you're you're still ea and you're suddenly going we're gonna rise above the trash and give the players dude you're you're the problem i mean it'd be uh, like if charles manson came out and was like i'm never killing anybody <laughs> ever again you were like okay but that doesn't change what you did <laughs> right Jeffrey Dahmer, Good. I'll never eat someone again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're doing what you should have been doing this entire time. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why they get to stand on that, but they do. I'm pretty sure that all those things were in the game, like, two weeks prior to that tweet going out, too. Like that. that was not like... When they started that project, they were like, definitely don't plan for microtransactions and loot and all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That was like, oh Yeah. The backlash over Battlefront probably prompted. Probably that. back, yeah. The battle, the Battlefront backlash, and I would say probably Anthem's got problems, but they're not. It's not so much that stuff as it is, you know, games as a service and not building out. You know, focused on the wrong thing. Focused on game as a service instead of great game that could work as a game as a service, or focused on. uh continued monetization instead of focusing on great game that might benefit from continued monetization. There's certainly games that do that and do fine. You know, you, I mean, you, they didn't know apex was going to be a success that it was. No, no, they had, I don't think that. So if that was, it would just be, you know, another one on the hundreds of battle Royale wannabes that gets piled up. Fortunately, it was very well received and well-made. Mm-hmm. 
but that doesn't being well we're here as the storm players being well made <laughs> doesn't they have the exact same store and i've seen the people who have crapped on heroes 2.0 love the apex store and i just raised my hands in frustration so because the same damn store it's the same it's the same it's like at least on launch i know they're gonna have battle passes and but i've when on launch i've seen streamers who make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a month go on the store and be like man this 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 store is great i'm yeah. like where were you when we were playing heroes to say the store was great <laughs> freaking validate and help them make money so the game didn't become a pass game but anyways the only thing they have here that i would call monetization is they've got a pre-order bonus where you can get a cool lightsaber that's fine that's fine you're that- gonna play a jedi named cal kestis who loves to collect trading cards yeah as much as people hate uh, people hate microtransactions, you don't really see people popping off about pre-orders. No. Which you should never do. You're just giving a company money to hold on to for interest before they even offer you anything. There's zero point to pre-ordering. No, pre-orders You're going to get the waste. game on launch day. And, like, what? <laughs> there is no point. It's okay if you do, not judging, but you're just allowing a company to sit on interest i'm judging a little because my 18 year old has been pre-ordering games and i keep telling him not to do it and he's like why i'm gonna get it anyway that's how they think about it i'm gonna get it anyway i may as well pre-order it and my answer is gonna be pre-ordering a game but your money is sitting in someone else's bank earning somebody else interest for no reason and if you got a game that's like got a pre-order bonus that you must have i get that but you don't have to do it months ahead. Do it wherever the cutoff is. And in a lot of these games cases, they don't cut it off. So you get it the night before on Steam or whatever platform you're going to get it on. You still get your bonus. You couldn't have played it earlier anyway. Keep but let you, you have money. You earn interest on your own money. Don't let EA run around earning interest on your money. Yeah. Also, if you pre-order now, it could get pulled from your store. Yeah. Thanks to yeah, uh, which has happened three times on Steam <laughs> with AAA games in 2019. So, another reason to not pre-order. John, what uh, are you pre-ordering? What's play. coming up? What are you getting? Mortal Kombat. Because oh, I want to get that Shao Kahn. They put out the trailer for him, and he sledgehammers a person's head out their butt. Yeah, but you can. <laughs> yeah, you can okay, get that the night but before. You can pre-order though. like a day before. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, well, you're I mean, fully a week best, before. At best, it's you know only like four days away from right now. So I mean, I some pre-orders know. are out six months in advance. That's what I'm saying. All right, Chatroom yeah, has pre-order. a good point, and I don't want to shut this this group out either. But uh, gut IV, ugh, that sounds bad. Um, anyway, says yeah, most people. <laughs> it sounds bad. Most people need to buy the game when they can afford to buy it because finances are uncertain. I totally get that. If somebody's like, man, this sixty bucks is here now, I'm gonna spend it before I do anything else. And then come hell or high water, I'll have that game here on day one. That's I, I get it, but that's an edge case. Like that's a and it's a perfectly valid one. And trust me, everyone's gonna keep giving you pre-orders. Don't worry. You'll always have the opportunity. It's just it makes no financial sense. If you're okay, gonna get it. So yeah. how about we change the dialogue from don't pre-order video games to pre-order responsibly? There, nailed it. I'm just saying, I'm not saying do or don't. I'm saying people get up in arms about shady practices like microtransactions and pre-orders literally that as well and no one cares. So I mean, I'm not I'm not even trying to throw you under the bus. I've said that. Don't pre-order video. Yeah, games. I, I'm not saying, but I'm not saying do or don't. I'm just saying it's a predatory and unnecessary practice and just like loot boxes and microtransactions. And I think the point I was trying to get to, which I sort of stopped tripped up was I think you have to prove that a game has an audience, then you should be selling people on the microtransactions because they want to support 
the further development of the thing they like yeah. and the company. I think assuming that people want to do that from launch is the wrong way to go about doing things. Yeah. And I think that's what irritates people. If it's a game, if everyone loves throwing money at Wizards of the Coast for Magic the Gathering. It's the same damn game every year. Beautiful art and all that kind of stuff. But like, you could just recycle the old stuff and play with all the cards, the 5 million cards you bought the year before. There's no need to buy a new product. Mm-hmm. But you will, you know, the people who play that will give them micro, this is microtransactions. It's a trading card pack is a loot box in paper form. You will keep giving them money because you like the institution that they've established because they have an audience. But if I'm launching a new product tomorrow called Bose shorts game where you pick the kinds of shorts that you go there might be only two people playing that game and i shouldn't plan for microtransactions where you get new boxers and underwear <laughs> I hope it's and on, shorts. put that on mobile i want that on my phone that sounds great <laughs> yeah uh it's the same with D too absolutely but it, i'm just saying it's, if you're starting a new role-playing game called you know shorts and boxers mm-hmm their briefs and boxers just don't plan on pre-orders from the start and then get all pissy when people complain about it and stuff because it's predatory when the audience isn't there that warrants it it's not even so much predatory as it's just you haven't earned you haven't paid your dues yet make a good game first yeah earn your game is like yeah you know oh this is a great game let's continue on then then make another product of value you know, so it's like now I, really... I can't uh, I can't get it out of my head that a future Pokemon game is going to be called Pokemon Boxers and Pokemon Briefs. <laughs> nice. And then the next year they do the remix and they call it Pokemon Boxer Briefs. Perfect. I will buy both <laughs> I... copies of both of that game. I, I want <laughs> I to play that. Great. Can my can my trainer just be running around in whitey tighties and that's it? His hat. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> and a hat. Yeah. Maybe some socks. Okay. Throwing balls. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's good stuff. Um, Gameplay-wise, we don't know a lot about this game. Uh, there will be Jedi stuff in it because this is all post-Order 66. 66? Yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking 76, but that's a character in Overwatch, and it always throws yeah, Soldier 76, Order 66. <laughs> I like the idea that it's Order 76, and it's just him running around going, get on the payload, and that's just it. But anyway, so, uh, oh, that guy, by the way, is in that Troll Hunters uh, show on Netflix. If anyone watches that animated Troll Hunters show, which Guillermo del Toro uh, is the creator of, first of all, it's fantastic. Second of all, Soldier 76 plays a troll and it's great. Anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, um, we don't know much else, though. We know that your character is sort of a Jedi in hiding. Um, Story-wise, it sounds kind of, you know, sort of X-Men-ish, like, it's outlawed to be a Jedi, so if you show yourself to be one, you're dead. So hide it, you know, and he tries to hide it sort of thing. We know nothing really else from that. The only only thing that bothered, well, it just bothers me from a lore perspective is that there's this time where there's no Jedi, and with Rebels and everything else, there's like 500 Jedi in the universe. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of Jedi. It's a lot of Jedi, good. yeah. <laughs> but, I'm yeah. sure they're supposed to all be sort of nascent Jedis, right? Like not necessarily... They're force sensitive, but no one's training them. But I think right. he has a master. And I know in Rebels, it's, you know, Ezra and his master from the time before Order 66. Like, oh, okay. There's at least four Jedi out there. That's plenty. There's only, you know, one Sith Lord or two yeah. Sith dudes. Yeah, you only need like, yeah, like four Jedi. That's fine. Um, so, the, the, I don't know. Uh, it's, do you know if it's going to be you can choose the light or dark path? 
or it look it looked very light, but that doesn't mean the gameplay will end up. Taking doesn't that say, tone. and they don't, and they haven't. That's the biggest problem is they haven't given a ton away here. I mean, the big thing I think I'm excited about, and John, you can. I know you're a giant Star Wars fan, so you can say whether this sounds like a good reason or not, but I just trust Respawn to make a really solid single-player experience after playing Titanfall 2. That game was amazing. Probably the best single-player, certainly best single-player shooter game I've played in a very long time. And it was amazing. So I, I really just trust their chops in this regard. And the fact that they don't have any multiplayer to dink with or fiddle with or worry about. They can just focus on this story and a, a good single-player story ramp is enough for me. So what you said is the one thing that is keeping me interested in this game. Because even as a Star Wars fan, I watched this and I walked away just kind of going, that eh, doesn't sound good to me at all. Yeah. Like it, I love the company. I think it might be a good game. But I think the problem is, is that I went into it hoping to be surprised mm -hmm. and they didn't show any gameplay which is kind of problem number one because i'm like well what you know how does it play how does it look how does the gameplay go so all they were selling me on was the story and the story is um and it's gonna sound like i'm trying to make get up on a soapbox and make some social justice warrior standpoint i'm not necessarily but i guess i am at the same time it's a power it's some, box it, it's some other white dude who is secretly a Jedi and has to go learn and train with his blue lightsaber out in the middle of nowhere and hide it. And he's going to secretly learn about the force. And it's like, that's Luke. That's what they did with Kyle Katarn. That's what they did in so many freaking star Wars stories. Like it's just, it's constant and it's always the way it is. And it's not new or fresh or interesting at all to me. So they sold me the same story that I've been playing and that I've been seeing. Well, you gotta get all racist about it, though. <laughs> I mean, well, I it's mean just... everyone knows white guys are better with the force. <laughs> I mean, honestly, particular. that that is the that is the message of Star Wars, so it could be true. Yeah, but I, it's just to me, it's just a stand-in. It's like, hey, you guys want to play Luke Skywalker? Well, you're not gonna play Luke. You're gonna play someone else who's just might as well be Luke. And yeah. maybe they'll do a twist. You know, maybe they're they're keeping the cards close to the vest. It's just to me, it. It just seemed like every other Star Wars story. So until I get gameplay to find out why playing this game, uh, or what was the other one, the Force Unleashed series, Force Unleashed. same deal there. Yeah. Like at least there, there was a little twist. You were Darth Vader's secret apprentice and all of that. But it's just, I don't know. It's always the same thing, and it's like change it up. At least the Jedi Academy games, I could play a, a Twi'lek or a Rodian or something, something weird, something cool. Like it's this crazy universe where the good guys are supposed to be the people that are like fighting this regime and yet the hero is always could be just pasted right into that regime as the poster boy for it yeah and i, I uh, want to play a fat jedi yeah why not that'd be different right in the old republic i made the most overweight white dude i could with short hair <laughs> and he would be was jumping around like a maniac he's like when i'm like that's awesome it is because i don't awesome. need i don't need muscles when i have the fours i can just i don't even think here's day. here's the thing john i don't even think you have to throw out the disclaimer about you know uh just going with a, a white male jedi again to me it's just star wars going back to the same old well again like they yeah. just keep doing this in most of the customer facing stuff. That's what they do. The books uh, and a million other pieces of lore from a million other things is awesome and deep. And there's way cool places to go 
and explore and find and do. There's no reason they have to stick to this template every single time. So I don't know it's, why they're doing that either, and I'm a little bugged by it. But I, I loved Titanfall 2 so much. I thought the storytelling chops were so good that at the very least, I'm, I'm much more positive about this than I think I would have been given EA's recent track record with the, with the series and with the license. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I just really want it to be good. They came out and said, uh, somebody, I don't remember who it was, somebody at Respawn said, it has thoughtful combat. <laughs> I don't know what that means yet. Um, you hold each combat encounter to see if it sparks joy. <laughs> like it, it does sound like mindful meditation or something, but like, is it going to be when they say that, do they mean it's tactical? Is it, um, it's obviously not turn-based, but you know, are those kinds of things involved? Is it more soul? Is it souls like, which is the first thing that came to my mind. Thoughtful combat means memorize how that guy does his thing. Oh, okay. He's vulnerable when he swings this way. And, I don't know if that's what that means or not. Um, I know some people are probably hearing that and getting all stoked about that kind of idea. I'm not necessarily wanting that. Actually, I right. might be okay with that if they don't oppress me with other systems like you can't save but every nine miles. And uh, if you dial, you lose all your shit and you lose some experience or whatever the game's equivalents are. I don't want that. But if you're giving me a more complex combat model, I'd, I'd be into that. That'd be cool. I'd I'd love that. And again, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm totally down on this game. I just feel like they talked about a lot of things, but the only thing they showed was this is our story and what they presented to the story didn't interest me. So as of right now, 100% of what they've put out there just hasn't really landed that well. But there's a lot of other things that make up a video game. It could be the mechanics and the gameplay and the world and everything else you're doing is amazing. And I would you know, I would give a lot of forgiveness for that, but, yeah. uh, and the story may end up being great. Cause again, it could be, they're trying to keep a bunch of secrets and, uh, maybe there's some cool twists and stuff like that. I got so, an idea. Here's an we'll idea see. in the whole game, uh, because they're always after anyone who looks like they might be a Jedi and you don't want to show that you're a Jedi. Anytime someone catches you with your lightsaber out, you just say, and it's not on, obviously you just say, Oh, this might just my flashlight. That's what the game should do. <laughs> All throughout it, like multiple times, somebody from the thing will come up with a helmet on and go, what are you doing here? What, the th what do you got there, lightsaber? No, it's just my flashlight. Oh, and they'll say, oh, well. that's interesting. Let me take a look at it. And they'll hold it up to their face, hit on, and <laughs> right through their head. <laughs> that's how I want that game to be every five minutes. Deception mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did say, that's the other thing. The game, the, the video intro thingy deal they did shows a lot of stealth gameplay. And they cleared up a question as to whether the game, well, showed a lot of stealth in the story bit. Um, they have said that that is, it is not a stealth game that was there purely for uh, whatever, you know, purely for uh, cinematic quality or whatever. That's probably good. But part of me is like, ooh, but what if it was? Like, yeah. I like a good stealth game. If you do it right, I love a good stealth game. Why Why not in Star Wars? Like, you're already being all secret-y. You can't tell people Jedi you're a Jedi. Jedi are really good at stealth, too. In the yeah. prequels, they sneak aboard the, the Trade Federation ship. Yep. They're always sneaking around the ships in the prequels because they're really good at staying undetected. Yeah. One of my favorite things about The Last Jedi was the fact that a lot of people got killed by somebody just turning off and on a lightsaber really quick. Mm -hmm. You know, just put it up against them and just go... 
and like they fall over dead <laughs> that would be a cool stealth kill mechanic that would be awesome yeah. just go up to somebody just put it up and like they down they go with a little burning hole where their head was yeah I don't I'd, know. I'd be all into it i didn't i don't know if i told you guys i did get a chance to play that sekiro uh shadows only die twice or whatever the hell it is the new one uh-huh the from software thing that i complained last week i decided to try it Long story why, but, well, you guys know why, but I tried it, downloaded it, played it, and I will say this. It's got all the oppressive stuff I normally don't like in these. You know, difficult save points, tons of work, and then you got to start over. Like, all that stuff. It's just not fun for me. But it has a stealth mechanic where you can just about shank everything in the neck. No matter how, like, if it's a boss or a mid-boss or even just a hard enemy that you have to spend a bunch of time fighting sword to sword if you can get around them somewhere or get them lured off somewhere where they're kind of by themselves and you get them around behind but get behind them and jam your sword through their neck they're dead you don't have to go through all the rigmarole to try to kill them so there's this other way to try to play the game and that was kind of cool will i keep playing and go to the end probably 100 percent not but I'm going to give it points for letting that stealth stuff be a part of the game because that is cool. And that's not in those those Souls games at all. You don't get to sneak around shit in that game. It's hard to do in video games and not feel like you're just pwning everything right. without a challenge. Yeah. yeah, but I love the feeling of just getting that stealth oh, I, stuff. I love stealth games. That's what's good. But the Jedi fantasy is not pure stealth. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Unless you're doing, as someone pointed out, as a Gorn pointed out, Assassin's Creed Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. It would be really cool. I mean, that's kind of what I want from the, if they ever get Assassin's Creed into the future, which is a potential thing um, with the animus and all that, that would be rad for them to explore stuff like that. It may not, I mean, it can't be lightsabers, but that'd still be pretty cool. It's like uh, the Expanse, but with Assassin's Creed in it. Could be lightsabers. Oh. They could get the license. They could get to make a game. Sure. Why they not? Made a Mario game. Why couldn't Ubisoft get a Star Wars game? Also, I mean, how happy is Disney with EA right now? I don't think very happy. So, when that contract comes up, Ubisoft better belly up, man. Yeah, give it to Ubisoft. They'll get you a game. I like those guys in general. Ubisoft will find you a game. Yeah. They they have no problems. That that company will put out many games. It seems like they make video games there. And yeah. They're, and they're, like a lot. And 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 regarded well. People like the games yeah. they make. So I don't know. Even the stuff that you look at and you go, well, that's not their best fare is usually pretty decent compared <laughs> to uh, everyone makes a good point that Star Wars is not the future. I know. You know what I meant, chat room. I know it's a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. It's somebody's future. I can tell you that. I can promise you that. <laughs> it's yeah. always, that's a dumb, this is this dumb Actually, George Lucas it trope. Assassin's Creed even better because you go into the past. So, yeah. Fair enough. Go. We can do it now. What if you had a whole Assassin's Creed game where you had to enter into the animus and play the life of a, of a professional LARPer? That was it. <laughs> Just running around lightning bolt, lightning bolt, and swinging a bat full of padding and everything. It'd be amazing. You, you know, he didn't kill a lot of people. Historically, not a big impact, but man, he was good at LARPing. <laughs> really good at it. And Pete, when, Pete, when he said, you're dead, they believed him, and they stayed down. They stayed down. Yeah. yeah. Um, that'd be one of his abilities. You just shank him with a rubber hose or whatever, and they go, you're dead, and then they die. Or they just lay down. <laughs> 
he just does that thing where he jumps off a roof and like little foam wrist blades come out and he just goes <laughs> and then the person goes oh falls down and like he holds them and they're like i never got to go to the movies with my parents <laughs> yeah and by the way netflix and kill in the chat is wrong Assassin's Creed is not mediocre. That is a monstrous, successful... They've had their dips, don't get me wrong. But even their dip is suddenly having a lift right now. Do you guys hear what they did? Ubisoft's like... Well, first of all, Ubisoft is based in France. The burning of um, Notre Dame's a big deal. And oh, they, they donated some money to a it. A bunch of That's money to it. From Montreal. A whole bunch of money. And they... Gave away, I don't know if anyone got in on this. I happen to just catch it randomly, but they gave away copies of, uh, of uh, what was the one called? Unity, the one that was set in France and has a meticulously modeled version of that historical edifice and building in it is a major part of the story. They gave that game away for like a whole day. So I grabbed it. I mean, I play yeah. it, but I grabbed it. Still, yeah. you know. It's, you know, whether you like it or not is a is a debate. And there have been good ones and bad ones, but it sells. They put one out not every year, thankfully, but they could. They yeah. have opted not to. These last and two I really been... liked Odyssey. I thought Odyssey was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's Odyssey, a lot of games. I liked Odyssey really and Origins a great deal, and I look forward to their Viking-themed one that is apparently rumored to be coming. Because Vikings are cool. Didn't we talk about that? We did. We did, we did. last week. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's your game. Before we get to our uh, kind of middle of the show stuff, though, we gotta we at least have to bring this up. Heroes is uh, a classic game at Blizzard now. Apparently, if you believe the job posting that came up, they have a career listing that uh, reads like the following: uh, esports coordinator, classic games. Blizzard is seeking a excuse me an enthusiastic, organized, and self motivated person to help execute our esports programs and operations. The coordinator will work with other Blizzard teams, including community development, public relations, legal finance, and marketing to help support and execute esports programs, tournament licenses, reporting, and initiatives. Uh, a bunch of other responsibilities as well. It says also the ideal candidate for this position is an avid gamer familiar with all of Blizzard Entertainment games and experienced in managing multiple initiatives and so on and so forth. Here's where it gets weird. Uh, responsibility. Z manage day-to-day -day administrative operations and upkeep for the classic games portfolio, which includes programs for StarCraft II, StarCraft Remastered, Heroes of the Storm, and Warcraft Three. Hmm. Yeah, they're the classic games. It's a classic game. Like, does... Okay, it's easy to jump to conclusions and get torqued on this because all the talk from the current leads on the team popping up on... The forums going, hey, don't worry, the game's great. Cadence is changing, but yo, we got game and we're doing a thing and now we can refocus. Does this just make you want to invalidate all of that talk or is this no big deal and it's just a dumb posting? I, like I suspect it quite literally means that because it's in the classic games portfolio that the people who work on it, at least as far as esports is concerned and this job posting, probably it looks like there's social media tasks in this. It's just that you're not devoted to one game where mm. probably they can afford to devote a staff to Overwatch that handles nothing but Overwatch PR, esports coordination, that your Heroes of the Storm guy might be working on StarCraft 2, then he might be working on Warcraft 3 and working on whatever other classic stuff because there's not enough to warrant devoted team to that single IP. Right. And I, that's what I take classic games to mean, uh, at least from a corporate structure sense, I guess. Yeah. 
And I think it's one of those things where, so to answer your question, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, honestly, I think this is probably a small thing, but in a world where you've got probably a lot of heroes of the storm players sitting there, they're seeing the event that's currently going on wrapping up. It's getting to the end of that event. Uh, the day that this came out was a patch day and the patch hadn't dropped and they hadn't heard word and they're sitting there wondering. And then everybody sits back and goes, when was the last new hero? And they realize it was three months ago. Mm. And then they get a news story that says, ah, we consider this a classic game. It's just another case of the news cycle not favoring heroes, which I feel like has been the story of Heroes of the Storm from well, the get-go. You know, it's, it's, it's Blizzard's fault, not the news cycle's fault. Though. Well, well, I know. It's, right. it's, it's Blizzard and the news that they put out. Like, every time oh, it felt like oh. Heroes took a step up, somebody came in and and cut its leg out from under it. And then, it, I oh, mean, okay, we got to recover it. I think we've all agreed and expounded that their approach to how they prioritize heroes in their regular portfolio definitely needed lots of work. There's lots to criticize there. Mm-hmm. But the classic games thing here, too. Classic games, at least, I think the perception among a lot of people, right or wrong, is that that's the retirement home. for <laughs> They're still alive, but, you know. They're in yeah. a retirement home, <laughs> and we we visit once a week and play cribbage with them and sort of indulge, right? Lips, you know, but they're in a retirement home, and so that's how that reads to everybody. It bums me out a little to see StarCraft Two in there, but I also understand why that would be. Well, that's um, had a long life, and that's been a to me. That's one of the most exciting esports draws, even as not very not a competitive StarCraft Two player for BlizzCon. Like it's. That's only four a, years longer. Only four years longer than Heroes. That's not very yeah, much. Yeah, but it, it it made a big impact early on. It's had a full three expansions. Yeah. And, and one has one has to. I mean, Warcraft three is around the corner, so there is a new RTS in town. Well, um, but Warcraft three is on the classic games list here, so I assume that means the remaster i don't know it doesn't say it could just mean it's got to i mean the, the your reaction says it all like warcraft 3 is not gonna take at least north america by storm it may become a big deal overseas i mean it's just a reskinning but of the same game so i don't know i mean i don't I have know. to assume that the one company that's you know pro that serves an rts audience will continue to do so in some fashion whether it's starcraft 3 or shorts and boxers <laughs> yeah. they're, they're stealing my idea as we speak they're like oh great we got two factions let's do a third one. Oh yeah i was gonna say um, the minute you mentioned that it was gone it's in blizzard's portfolio it's gonna get copyrighted and trademarked you're done with it's an incubator right now that's where you want your boxers incubating yep incubating um, somewhere so- um, but no, there might be, who knows what's around the corner. It would be definitely a shame to not see another RTS or a strategy game come from, from, from that studio. From the Lords of RTSs and strategy games. I mean, these guys they have are, to have a lot of talent that are good at making that yeah. genre of game still that they need to put to work on something. I assume. Well, what's not, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Who was the Starcraft two guy? Then he moved on to heroes. Dustin Browder. Dustin Browder. Like, we don't know what he's working on yet. But one would assume, I mean, his expertise is 100% RTS, MOBA, strategy. Like, that's his whole thing. So what he's doing, no one knows, but got to be somewhere in that vein. 
Yeah. So yeah. the StarCraft II thing, I can look at and say, like, well, they've got a long history. I would be willing to bet at some point in the future, maybe not soon, but there will be an RTS, and they will take a stab at that again. I don't think they're going to take a stab at MOBAs again, no. <laughs> judging by how Heroes was treated while it was launched, and now how it was... I think what makes this sting a little bit is that it feels like we get the, uh, don't worry guys, everything's okay from the pub, the PR standpoint, and then the actions don't match up with the PR speak. You're and right. This is another example of it. Right. And it is unfortunate because I think there are a lot of people who love that game, will work hard on it, people will play it for decades to come because I believe strongly that Blizzard will keep its classic arcade running. It's the strength of its long-standing resilient games in that way that people have come to enjoy that's they still have that identity but i don't think they're gonna do another moba i think i think mobas are dead i think once league and dota peter out no one's making mobas yeah you could argue that whole segment has peaked and yeah the they, kids want to play Fortnite. yeah and they want to play apex legends and then that and will peak we're all worse off for it if you ask me they're fun games <laughs> yeah, but, but- I mean, you saw fighting games die out for a while, and then they came back, and yeah, but not at the level they were. Like it, no. it in some well, ways, in some ways, it's a healthier level. Like I really like where fighting games are at, and I love um, Evo and all these events that are tied to it and stuff. It's really cool. But as a as a retail product, they don't sell anywhere near what they used to. Same with like you right. know, it used to be yeah. that Madden still sells a lot of copies of Madden, but there's a good example of something that seemed like an unending stream of just, we're going to sell a billion of these every year. And that's leveled off, petered out, kind of slowed down. Apparently it's FIFA that makes all the money now. Yeah. FIFA makes a crap ton of money. So I would, I'm, I'm with John here on the idea that I never count a genre out. Cause I just think, you know, stuff can get, re- no, I, I, I would have no, thought RTSs but- were dead. And then Starcraft said, Oh, wait a minute. We're not done yet. And that was great. Like that was a really cool resurgence. But you're right. I'd be a little too negative about it. Then yes, maybe something cool will come along. But there's certainly no signs of it. I agree. the way it looks like right now is the two companies, Valve and Riot, have a stranglehold on the stranglehold on consumers mm-hmm. who will basically take put their turds on anything that isn't that. So if you're <laughs> in, if you have an idea that you want to make your own MOBA, yeah, you've got to come. And I've said this about Heroes too. You've got to come gunning to kick them those other companies in the nuts and be better than them it's not good enough just to exist or or your business model doesn't require that your business model is smaller team affordable you're like the path of exile people you come in with a good product that isn't necessarily diablo numbers because it just straight up isn't but it's enough numbers with your with the way you've set your company up to be able to not only do well but do well enough to keep supporting it like, I think there's room for that. And I would love to see MOBAs the, the, try to do that more. The, the people who play Path of Exile believe and that that they have done that. They've dethroned, not the people who made it, but the people who play it, that culture. They believe they've dethroned. Diablo's lost its way. And and they believe Path of Exile is a better game than Diablo 3. I don't know about that. No, you're right. There's right. contentious. But they believe it fervently. And that's all you need. If people would talk about heroes that way, like it's actually a better game, screw Riot, Riot's garbage, and actually came over to play it, then we wouldn't be talking about it being a classic game, I think. Yeah, you're right. 
I think I, I think the opposite happened. Blizzard put a lot of effort, even though we can criticize it should have been more. They put a lot of effort. They did put effort into put money into a league and seeding it ahead of time, and the people didn't come because they didn't believe. You know, IGN didn't believe that. You know, that it did enough to dethrone the other games. They were actually criticized for how Mickey Mouse the game was in comparison to the skill-intensive League of Legends and Dota 2. Yeah, but that's just players, man. Players right. suck, too. We have a they're huge... The ones that are, they're the ones that are t- taste-making for the, like, the way games are. It's not It's not that the game has to be good for people to come there. It, ha- it has to be fashionable. You can make the best nightclub in the world, and if DJ Funky Fresh doesn't come to your nightclub, then people will just think it sucks. Yeah, but I yeah, would argue. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. It didn't help that Blizzard, when those comparisons came out at the beginning, said they didn't go. Well, we're better than them. You know, they didn't take a very arrogant stance, which you know is maybe a likable thing. But they were like, no, don't compare us to them. We're a, a hero brawler. Like they took the most lighthearted approach. How excited were we when they did the 2.0 and they were like, no, we're better than all of them. Mm-hmm. Like that was cool. It's just too late. Yeah. Too late in the yeah. game. And then, you know, I don't know. It's a well, they gave up on it too, but they just didn't tell them. We found, again, <laughs> we find out <laughs> when, when Blizzard stops investing in things much later, then that internal decision gets made, unfortunately. Oh yeah. They, yeah. That stuff happens. At least the seeds of it happen long before we ever hear about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Blizzard, this is my favorite part of this, and then we'll move on. The final paragraph of this posting, I think, is a not-so-hidden not so um, message in the current climate of not just Blizzard and Activision and its recent troubles, including layoffs during record profits and that sort of thing, but just kind of the gaming industry in general. It says this, Blizzard Entertainment is a global company committed to growing our employees along with the business. We offer generous benefits and perks with an eye on providing true work slash life balance. That's a big one uh, with a lot of people right now. We've worked hard to foster an intensely collaborative and creative environment, a diverse and inclusive employee culture, and training and opportunity for future professional growth. Our people are everything. Our core values are real and our mission has never changed. That sounds very emphasized to me. Uh, We are dedicated to creating the most epic entertainment experiences ever. Join us. That's true. They create epic gaming experience. Am I hearing somebody going? "Mm -hmm." Yeah, that was me. I was going to hum the uh, this thing. Where is it? But I figured I'd save it and we'll let John do one later. Blizzard makes great games. I just like to see. I just like them to win. I like to say I like them to get a big win on something longstanding like World of Warcraft or Starcraft 2. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, <laughs> just gut or just gut? Yeah, just gut says that means they want you to balance your life around work. Ah, eh, you can be cynical about it. I think the people there, I know enough people at Blizzard know that they they're pretty genuine about that stuff, and they're not all just a bunch of Bobby Kotick clones sitting around. And I think you hands. can't talk about that with just addressing the whole game industry too. Yeah, it is the whole the, business. Anything that Jason Schreer over at Kotaku has been bringing to my attention. Is that this is everywhere? It's not Blizzard. It's yeah. It's an industry and culture thing for that. It is. If it, if anything, the hard part about the Blizzard end of it is that it seems to now be affecting Blizzard in ways it didn't used to. It didn't. See, it always felt like Blizzard, whether it was true or not, it always felt like Blizzard was a little bit more immune to some of these downfalls. And now we're learning they're not immune at all. So there's that. Uh, okay, well, that's all well and good. How about this? 
uh, PlayStation Five stuff got talked about. Basically, they released the specs. They released what it is. They they said everything except calling it a PlayStation Five. But that's you know whatever. That's probably what they'll do. Uh, we probably should just mention it real quick. Um, Sony appears to be leaning into what Sony does, and uh, not so much talking about the cloud and uh, things that Stadia and Microsoft seem to be focused on. So here's what we know. There's a bunch of con- uh, concrete info about the specs. An eight-core AMD chipset based on third-generation Ryzen pro- uh, architecture with the GPU, taking the best bits of the Radeon Navi GPU family. AMD basically owning the console um, GPU market and, MP- and PC- or, uh, CPU for that matter. But it's still basically a really high-end PC. Um, it is built for a purpose SSD storage system, they call it. Um, the, the purpose right part is just means fast. So you're going to get all kinds of fast stuff, streaming assets and all that. Yeah. This is the part that I kind of, that caught my attention because I just recently did a big PC upgrade, got a big upgrade on my video card, got a big upgrade on my CPU, got a big upgrade across the board, but far and away, the part of this computer that feels like, oh my gosh, I'm in the future. This is a a amazing machine is they gave me an nvme hard drive Mm -hmm. uh and that's been incredible because any game that loads off the hard drive i mean there there are loads that would be three minutes long that are done in seconds now yeah and it's you're just like how can this game be loaded already how is it possible and it sounds like i don't know if that's exactly what they're putting in this but they're talking about load times for games being in the you know seconds as opposed to upwards of a minute so it it sounds like it's a similar thing that's the thing that gets me excited about new consoles because man it's crazy to just watch games just go and then it's loaded and you're in the world playing and it's it's not and not only that you're talking about a system or format that is known for longer longer load times especially with traditional spun up hard drives so the fact that they want to i mean i guess we're just finally getting to the point where ssd is coming down in price and they can mass production is something possible in this case and yes it it makes such a difference that if you try to go back like if you got something with a bunch of hot ssds in it i'm the i record on a mac the mac i'm using right now is all ssd across the board if i ever have to go use some other computer where that isn't the deal holy crap you feel like you're in the dark ages it's weird and it can be a good computer otherwise but freaking spinning drives we got to be done with that man that is a that's that's some grand that's your grandpa's storage medium hey i've got a I mean, a spinning drive. A spinning drive. <laughs> I've got a spinning drive and an SSD. I do too. I as well. I've got a big storage space, and that's part. This will start to change as larger storage and SSD is possible. But I've got a gigantic do, um, drive. Do still use physical media? Is it CD-ROMs? Uh, well, yes. I mean, or currently the they do. Now. Yeah, this one would have 8K TV support. One would assume 4K or 8K Blu-ray capability. They didn't say real. They didn't get really into the whole optical thing. What drive? What? But last generation, drive? it was uh, it was probably Blu-ray, right? It they was Blu-ray. Yeah. ROMs anymore? Yeah, yeah. it's Blu-ray. It'll do four. The Pro will do four K Blu-ray, I think. Well, I know the no, Xbox well, One X does. That was actually one of the big like oddities about the upgrade is it was like four K, four K, and then they were like, yeah, but the Blu-ray drive still doesn't do four K. Oh right, Blu-ray. it was just digital four K, which is gigantic yeah. files. Yeah, f that. That's stupid. <laughs> Uh, That's really weird. Xbox One X, though, does have native uh, optical drive for that. But then Xbox just announced their their diskless version of the Xbox One for 250 It's coming out in, I don't know when, soon. 
that is purely download and play with some games pre-installed. And that's interesting. That's how I already play. You got to find out about that. Oh, the pieces are falling into play. Remember we talked about a few weeks back that it was Microsoft saying that they had to bury the hatchet. And I had a theory about Steam and Xbox working together. Oh, Mm. and now the Epic Game Store stuff makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they just don't want to, they don't want to go ahead. If Microsoft goes like, it's a lot of work. Why don't we partner with Steam to provide all kinds of games for our machine and a huge library? And Xbox becomes a Steam machine, essentially. It's possible. I'm probably way off on the deep end, but at the same time, if they make a standalone, uh, what do you call it? Media-less? Discless or or optical driveless or whatever. Yeah, like it's just download only. I mean, that's a Steam machine. Yeah, it's how I play video games already. On machines that have discs, but, even, I still but don't. But that's what Valve was trying to innovate, and I guess that's not a thing now. With their Steam machine was a download-only Valve thing. But yeah, why don't they leverage each other's strengths? One's got a great pipeline for making the machines, and they can share in product. I don't if know, this was five years ago, I'd own an Xbox One, because I would yeah, totally Halo, buy this device. Halo Collect... And a lot of people commented in some forums that I browse that were pretty awful, but the borderlands three thing. And they're like, well, who cares? A lot of the PC hardcore and their whatever raising their pitchforks. were like, I don't need to play borderlands three halo master chief collections coming. That's what I'll be playing. Mm. And so you say uh, that machine for Xbox is coming in six months. I don't know what the date is actually. I think it may be sooner, maybe like this July. year kind of thing. Oh or? yeah. This year for sure. Does it have a name? Xbox uh, yeah, Xbox One Solo? S something. They call it the Magard because it's got no disc. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wait, hold on. New wow. Xbox you get a One high five disc list. <laughs> I always forget Thank the name, you. too. Okay, there it is. Xbox One S. Xbox One S. 250. I thought there already was S. an S. S. Do you have the um, X-File sound? Do, 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 no, do, do, but I could find it. Hold on. I bet I have it. Oh, come on. I have to have this. X files. Yeah, I do. Here we go. There you go. <laughs> it should be a new thing for our show. Every time I have a dumb idea, you can play that. Um, it's called Xbox One S. Yeah. S is for Steam. Oh, my gosh, dude. But it was <laughs> already called play the, the S. S. It was already. He's right. It was already called the S, but I'll play it anyway. Yeah, it was, it was out there in Microsoft. <laughs> I mean, <coughs> I mean, if this honestly, if this was earlier in the cycle, I would actually consider it because this is how I play games now. So I'd pay less, have some cool load ins, and never buy a disc again because I already don't. I hate them. I hate discs. I don't buy them. Yeah, two fifty is a nice price point. Honestly, that sounds pretty low. Yeah, it, we're just the only thing for me is we're too close to the next gen. Yes, I I'd be in the same boat. Honestly, I'd I'd even well no because it would be cool to have. I don't know. Anyway, we're too far away in the cycle, so I'm at a point where it's like I don't know if I want to spend two hundred fifty bucks and then look at whatever their next thing is because honestly, I've been more impressed by what Microsoft's been saying than what Sony's been saying. Yeah, same. So I'm going into the next generation more interested in what microsoft's going to do 
than I am with what Sony's going to do. And what if, if if there is a Steam Microsoft partnership and that is a good thing, Sony will want to have a similar partner, and that's where Epic comes in. Yeah. Uh, by the and way, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, Epic's trying to prove that they, a lot of these things, like if that this new Xbox doesn't sell, then it'll never come to fruition. A lot of these things are tests to see if the market will bear it and mm-hmm. if there's an audience. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But they are claiming a crap ton of power, faster and more powerful than anything anyone else has announced yet, certainly for a piece of hardware. And that's not a lot because Microsoft still has their E3 coming up. We don't know what their plans are and how cloud-based it'll be or what the combo will be. But um. They remain very tight-lipped, though, on release dates. Uh, the 2020, they ruled out not 2019, but 2020 seems likely. And um, they've already been building this thing for the last four years. So expect to hear more on that. Kind of interesting for them to poop that out, though. Um, with all this other stuff swirling around, I think Mike, I think Sony was like, you know, we probably ought to do our own leak, basically, and let's get let's get. The- I heard uh, I heard a rumor that it was going to leak. Oh, and, and they got out ahead is, of it. Oh. That this is their reaction instead of which. Honestly, I like this. I I would like video games to do this in general. I don't care. I don't need a big like ooh ah moment unless you're going to show me like the games and the controller and the way it looks and all of that. Like that's when you get me on a stage. Mm-hmm. Like but just talk about the stuff you're making. Like why not? It's cool. It's mm-hmm. nice to hear. Mm-hmm. We get to talk about it and it gets to be relevant and. I don't know. I guess I understand PR and I understand why they wait, but I like this so much better than just, I don't know, are we making a PlayStation 5? <laughs> Maybe we are. Yeah, have to wait and find <laughs> so out. I just don't like that at all. I don't either. I don't. Th- I think we're all getting a little tired of it. I totally agree. I'm this way with a lot of things now. Just like, tell me what it is. Just say, oh, you're going to, pl- okay, you're working on a PlayStation 5. Sweet. See you in a couple of months when you guys show us the specs. Don't yeah. act like you got something backstage that you just can't wait to unveil your magic like just say it and then i'll decide if i want to buy your shit or not i'm sure someone loves all that it's just not me anymore i'm too old for it now check this out should probably briefly mention games we're into right now just before the show i was playing the chaos bane beta warhammer chaos bane it is a Here's the thing. I think it might be a closed beta, which means I'm not supposed to say much about it. I don't know, actually. So I'm going <laughs> to... Well, let's err on the side of not being safe. That's all I'm all saying. about it, Scott. That's all I'm saying. It's basically, I can say this, because this is all known stuff. It's a Diablo-like action RPG set in the Warhammer universe. Lots of Sigma talk in there. By Sigma and Force Sigma and all that. Um, I did some looking into that, by the way. The whole Sigma thing is the basically the reboot of the whole Warhammer franchise that happened in like 2013 or something. Yeah, it's like a product. Or not line. Sigma, Sigmar, 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 not Sigmar. Sigmar. Yeah, so it now, just sounds like Sigma when when the English accents come out. Sigma. Sigma. <laughs> oh, and I found I know you, I shared it with you guys, but I found that guy, that voice actor is in um the other game I've been playing this week, which is Anno 1800. And he's this evil guy you're trying to screw over in in your city builder. And it's great because he sounds just like that dude. Because um, he is that dude, but he's also emoting just like that guy, and it's fan freaking fantastic. But I'm glad. I hope he yeah. gets more work. He needs to be in more games. <laughs> I go- yeah. totally agree. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't hire him based on what they heard in Vermintide too, because he's just that good. But anyway, Chaos Bane yeah. seems neat. It's uh, very Diablo, and so until I can say more, and I will. But it feels like I'm playing a 
lovingly created action RPG that is meant to feel like that kind of game. And so far, so good. So I'll, I'll say more as I am able to. And maybe I can, and I just don't know it yet. But other than that, um, as I mentioned, Anno 1800, it came out actually was uh i've actually had a, um, that game for a while in pre-order but not because i like to pre-order it's because i got a deal with a friend who works at ubisoft and so i paid less but i could only do it if i did it early so i did it early that's another reason to pre-order if you get cut yourself a sweet deal pre-order it's fine if you got an in um, at ubisoft and they give you a pre-order deal pre-order. yeah then do that anyway again that, pre-order responsibly that game is so cool i think bo would love this game it's set in 1800. It is uh, very much like kind of on the cusp of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, so lots of smokestacks and stuff like that. Everybody's very British. Um, it has a big sandbox mode as well as a campaign mode. And it's all those things you love about City Builders, Bo. All of it. Except, if, and, and it's a period City Builder. So, you know, no spaceships or anything crazy here. Um, you're going to be dealing with that era. But... It is beautiful. I would recommend a fast video card for this game because even with my 2080, it is it is it can be taxing on Ultra, which is the first game I've been able to throw at this thing that's been taxing at all. Um, it's probably just because there's a lot of sprites on there because Surviving Mars is the same way. The game runs great, and then once I have about 500 drones transporting mm-hmm. my population of 1,000 all over the map, the computer's like, Ree! yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely like that. Going it has CPU. to track all these little dudes. There's all these little sprites, or not sprites, 3D models running around everything, and it's all very detailed. Yeah. It makes me... Okay, so here's what I think I like about it. I played the Anno series before. They've got some future ones, like 2000 or they have like ones that are set way off in the future. They have ones that are set in like 1400 or other... Like They jump all over history and future to make these games. I've played a bunch of them before. They're all fine. I think the reason this is singing to me is a few reasons. One, I just think it's an incredibly polished game and feels just really good to play it. It's like someone really thought this thing through. It's just no jank. It just feels good. But what I think impresses me the most is that it reminds me of those old Impressions Games city builders like Pharaoh and Zeus and Caesar III and um, Rise of the Middle Kingdom. There's a... a couple others I can't think of. So, I used to love those. So it looks like it has trade routes in it. Big time. I'm sort of watching it. like, So it's not just like Sin City where you're isolated to your little area. Can you mm-hmm. start more than one city and hook them up? Or? Uh, in sandbox mode, absolutely. I don't know about the campaign if it'll ever let you do that, but absolutely you um, can in sandbox. But it actually looks pretty slick. Yeah, it's oh. good. It actually looks really interesting. It's really good. Like I'm I'm only a few days in, but I, I think is it's... It like, is there are there victory conditions or the quest? Because one thing about Surviving Mars is it's sandboxy, but there is a goal, right? Yeah. With Surviving Mars, which is to stabilize your community on Mars through the engineering of your water and concrete and resources. Well, Bo, do I have some good news for you? Because in the sandbox mode, because uh, the campaign's got tons of victory conditions, because that's you know that's what you do in a campaign. But in oh, there's the other nice thing. You can campaign all the way through. If you beat the campaign, it becomes sandbox mode if you want. You yeah, yeah. Surviving Mars is the same way. So that's pretty and cool. Like, Because in Surviving Mars, what you can do is once you beat it, you can keep sandboxing, but you can also build more because Mars has nothing on it. You can yeah. build more colonies mm-hmm. on the same Mars camp- 
planet and start over. Yeah, same idea. Um, by the way, on that front, just because I know it's not Anno, but Surviving Mars is getting an expansion pack called Terraforming Mars. Oh, that's cool. Something, something like that where you're going to be able to turn the planet green. And that has to be super stoked. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, lo- uh, I love it. So anyways, just on a side note, I think I definitely want to try You should it. check this out. It also, so the victory conditions really thing that I was getting at, you, there is a whole, when you're doing sandbox, there's a whole list of things you can set as victory conditions or not have any. And it can be multi- hmm. multiple or less than one or just one. So you could say, well, I just want whatever it is, financial domination. That's your victory condition. Or I want that plus uh, whatever. I can't remember what they all are, but you can choose some of those, all of those, or none of those and just play into the you know, the end of time when not worrying about any of those conditions, but you have quests all the time. And in a custom game, you can just tell it how many quests to give you like a lot, a little rare, common, whatever. And quests are great because it's stuff like a dude in town will turn like into a wow character. You click on his head. He's got a symbol flashing and he'll say, I'm all out of whiskey. Please go out and find some. And you know, he's one of those guys. And so you go find his thing and or build a thing that makes it possible for him to be happy. Then you complete that quest, get a bunch of money for it. Like true questing in the game, and they seem to happen all the time, and they're all very diverse. Um, and this game actually looks so. I've seen the Anno games before, and they've always looked sort of interesting, but also janky and crappy. Yeah, like they've never looked at an Anno game and like oh, I need to try this game. This game to me is the first time I've looked, I've seen an Anno game and like oh this looks good, yeah. really fluid and well animated, fleshed out. Is that your experience or is it? That's extremely fluid. The That's the thing that, that, that I think I'm the most impressed by is presentation, UI, uh, ease of getting in, playing, moving around the map, selecting what I need to, just really polished, like a clean, polished, smooth, uh, atmospheric game. I feel like I'm in that time period, the music's perfect. There's tons of voiceover. And that's an Epic Games Store exclusive, right? Uh, no. Well, oh, I guess it is for stores. I got it on um, Uplay, so I I didn't even bother with wherever else to get it. Oh. I didn't I think know. about that. I didn't realize they were doing that with Epic. But, yeah, I got it on just Uplay. Yeah, that's one of the three notable games that, that I think was available for pre-order on Steam, but then got pulled, and I don't know if it's timed or not. Mm, but. I'm sure it's timed. They always do that. But I get, uh, I get all my Ubisoft stuff direct now. I don't even bother with Steam even. It's like... Why bother? I just get it, unless it's on sale or some other reason. I'll just buy it on Ubi- or buy it on, um, yeah, on Ubisoft. And the cool thing about that is you don't have to launch Steam to launch it on UPlay later. And UPlay is a lot better than it used to be. I know people kind of used to hate that, but it's pretty good now. Anyway, maybe I'll install UPlay. I mean, it's just one click away. Just yeah, like I don't mind it. Just like pre-ordering, it just takes one click. It's only one click to buy it on time instead of pre-ordering. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I think you'd all like right, it though. You play now. I'm downloading all the launchers. I mean, John might like it too. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I like uh, I like city builders. Yeah, I might be talking about one in a minute here. Oh, well, all right then. I'm gonna change our uh, thing because you guys are all crusty. Hold on a second. I'm crusty. I don't know why everyone got crusty suddenly. Your game is not a. City. <laughs> Sorry, what? My what? Let's move on to John's game because it's not a city builder. Oh wait, I gotta tell you about Mad Max real fast. Okay. It's awesome, and everyone should play it, and I can't stop playing it, and I know it's old. It came out in 2015, but it's my favorite open-world game of that type, and I forgot how much I love it, and now I'm going to beat it. 100. I'm going to 100% that game. I am going to do it. Ooh. Yep, I am. I'm totally going to do it. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. I'm going to take Scrotus down. 
That will mean something if you've played this game before. He's got a horn on his pants. Yeah, he does. Rips it and do not get uh, by This show's horn. been fun because you've gotten me to install like Mad Max and Elder Scrolls. Mm. I, still, I haven't had time to play them. So I'm just filling my hard drive up. Because <laughs> they all it. sound really interesting. Yeah, fill them all up and then play none of them. Um, no, play... Anno you should play, and you'll become obsessed. I'm 100% sure about that. Yeah. Mad Max like is worth playing because it's just great, and I love it. And, of course, I'm biased, but I think that game well, I'm really awesome. looking forward to Rage 2, and it's the same same developer. Right? Same developer. Also, yeah. rumor rumor is Rage 2 was supposed to be Mad Max 2, and they there was some flip around about what they were going to do. First game didn't make as much money as they wanted, and... Uh, I think that the rate, uh, you know, and, and then the fact that, wait, who owns, who owns, oh, it's Bethesda that owns, I don't know, well, there was some deal there where maybe they got switched around, and here's the thing that I noticed about this game, there's a bunch of gangs in the middle, in the mid game that are all those kind of pink and blue bright spray paint colors, and their places spray painted all like that, and they've sprayed themselves, they have funny names, it's all very, it's all very Dragon Engine campaign, I'm serious. Oh, it definitely um, feels that way when I look at it too. I'm just yeah. I'm super stoked for it. It's cool. There's a lot of inspiration in there for you, I think. But um, anyway, me and uh, me and Chum Bucket out clearing the wastelands. It's fantastic. Yeah. Why are there Why are there no mechs in our campaign? Yeah, we should have some mechs. Uh, John, what are you doing? What are you playing? All right. Well, before I get well actually by Bo, I will clarify: <laughs> Civilization Six is not a city builder. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, it's a civilization avoid, builder. Just I'm avoid so sorry. that before that comes up. I've embar- I've embarrassed myself. I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, but I've been playing Civ Six, and I've been playing the new expansion, and it is great. And it continues to be an extremely dangerous game for me. I might have to uninstall it because it is a problem. Uh, It's not a new story for me to say that I played it into the wee hours of the morning and that caused problems for somebody who has to work. So uh, I just really, I really like it. It's it's really, really solid. Um, The new expansion adds some interesting things and uh, it will... You know, I got in a religious war, and that was uh, like you do. It was just, it was a, I think it was like a Tuesday night or something like that, or a Monday night. And I was trying to do a religious victory because I'd never gone that route. And all of a sudden, I was just caught up in this. They're sending people to convert cities, and I'm converting cities. And then we became the dominant religion of the continent. And then next thing I know, the dominant religion of the other continent starts sending people across the ocean to convert my cities. And they're falling for it. And I couldn't have that. And it just, it's these weird battles that just the stories you tell people after you've played a session of civilization, it just sounds like the craziest thing. And uh, I love it. But also, it kept me up till 3 a.m. when I had to work the yeah, next day. So I can't play games like that. I love them, <laughs> and... but I'm getting old. I can't take the three. It's starting to kill me, John. That yeah, anno. That's why I'm not playing Apex. Keeps me up too late. That anno 1800 game may may be one. Yeah, of those. it has the look. Yeah. It's got the eye of the tiger. One of I those can... oops, it's 2 a.m. kind of games. Yeah, and um, it doesn't make sense for Civ either because it should be the most passive game. Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing I was playing it while I was doing laundry. I thought this is a great laundry game because I can stop at any moment. 
I had to keep running the dryer because I would sit here for so long after it had gone off. Just now I got to just do one more turn before I go deal with the laundry. Mm-hmm. Just one more turn. Yeah. Because a turn, you think of a turn as like two seconds, but you spent 30 minutes strategizing and moving all your things around once you get into the mid game of Civ. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a nightmare. Are, are, so. Did you do 1500 turns or the max turns? No, I saved because I got mad about the whole religion thing, and then I turned it off. <laughs> no, no, I'm uh, saying was your game length because oh. in Civ you can you can play quick games in Civ, but I never do. I always no. pick marathon because I want every I want to enjoy every succulent second and turn in a, in a game like that. No, I think I did standard. As it is, yeah. it's weird for me because I've been trying continents, which I usually don't do. Um, yeah. Because I feel like the story of picking continents for your map type is always the same. You start off feeling really good about it, and then everybody has settled right next door to you, and you've got like two cities, and you're like, hey, guys, you took all the space, and then you build one more city, and they go, don't build cities near us. And you're like, I'm sorry, but you took all the space. Look at how much space is between you and the other city. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's probably going to have to get uninstalled, but honestly, I've been looking for a game to, uh, to dive into. And so I've kind of been jumping around from thing to thing and just trying a bunch of things out. And I don't know if I need to, because like I said earlier, Mortal Kombat 11 is next week. And I know I'm going to be getting into that. I know I'm going to play it. I can't wait for it. Uh, I love, I buy those games basically just for the story mode because I'm garbage at fighting games. So you know it's it looks it looks good yeah that the hype on that game is at peak yeah 11 looks great I, these trailers have been great everything about that lead up's been good like if you're gonna do a bunch of hype for game they're doing it right because they're just they're actually showing us stuff these aren't just teases it's like hey that character you were hoping is in she's in and not only that we're gonna show you this disgusting fatality she does was oh, it Katana's that really... where she barfs into the guy's mouth and then he turns into a bug and splits the body? Oh, out? yeah. Devorah's uh, fatality. Dude. Oh, yeah. It is gnarly, man. It's perfect. It's perfect. It really I haven't is. seen that one yet. You need to so Devorah, Devorah will um, use her back pin or whatever they're called. The thingies. Yeah. Stab them and then barf in the guy's mouth. Yep. And then the guy will fall on the ground choking. Like and then he's lying face up and he'll start spazzing. And then it's like a bug gets born inside his thorax. So his thorax detaches from his arms and legs. Yeah. His, his, it would be the guy's chest and the head. Yeah. And then the head explodes as the bug's face grows out yeah, of the guy's head. Like sideways. And you see, you see half of the, the skull and the inside of the, the perfect... And, anatomical perfection of the it's great it's oh my gosh that's amazing yeah, gotta, I, so i was it. already pretty excited because they did the shao khan reveal the other day i think it's just yesterday like i said that ended with him knocking a guy's head through their body and out their butt and that seemed pretty what? great yeah he knocks them down to where they're on their hands and knees then he pulls back big swing hits them on the head and you watch the head just go thunk into the body and then it explodes out their butt and into the air it's yeah that's uh, it's too much stupid fun to not to avoid so yeah we're we're probably gonna have a little mk around this house next week as oh my god that's good (laughs) you're watching it now i just yeah i skipped ahead and just i know where they are and i've seen so many of these videos 
the two minute or the one minute 40 mark you'll find the fatality i don't know how they keep getting so creative about fatalities like since nine i would have thought they had been out of ideas by now but they keep finding them new ways to do disgusting things in a very comical way it's crazy uh bo um mostly D and D stuff for you this last week yeah yeah so it's been a notable week for me didn't play a single inch of video game since we recorded our last core and we recorded late this week because um we've taken a few weeks off uh, as you might know if you're a there will be dungeons listener and part of it is i wanted to come at doing the show uh just a little better than i did before i guess with a little more prep knowing a little more all that kind of stuff so i've gotten knee deep into using roll 20 and a lot of my money has been going over to roll 20 to buy art packs to make cool maps and stuff like that so mm. Um, I've just been using the crap. I've just, that's <laughs> my routine is I'm either in a word document or I'm on roll 20 and, uh, I'm just making stuff, stuff that might never get used. It's, it's kind of like, it's, a, I mean, it is a game, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, it totally yeah, is. You're buying I'm, DLC I'm, for your favorite games, what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm learning the ins and outs cause it isn't the easiest thing to use, but when you use something, you know, for at least three hours every week and get used to it, it sure. starts to pick up things. It starts to become easier. So I'm sort of getting into advanced user stages, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, that's, did I bark anything else there? What did I say? I don't know. Oh yeah. It's just been all D and D it's, it's been all D and D stuff. And, uh, that's dominated most of my time. I didn't even get any magic in from last week. Well, if y'all are, um, not watching or listening to there will be dungeons you should be because we're back first episode of the new uh campaign started last week it's not even a new campaign then part two of our gigantic campaign and Uh, our listeners are eager to find out Um, i posted a little teaser on one of the maps because they have animated sections so there's a fate four and you guys riding on top of it with smoke billowing out the back mm because you know it's a mad max campaign have to have a big car chase at some point yeah um and uh Everyone said that's not the fate for without a useless NPC to make your lives miserable. And there's a lot of discussion about what that might be. And I'm like, there's new useless NPCs <laughs> in year two. Sweet. And I'm excited to share the first one. I can't wait. I think everyone's going to like, I think it's going to be the greatest NPC of all time. Provided I can do the accent, which. <laughs> Any hint as to the regionality of the accent? No, I really don't want to spoil it. Sorry. The sanctity of our game is too important yeah. somewhere between scottish and italian and sometimes both <laughs> at once <laughs> that's a combo i can get behind it's it's a new <laughs> accent new flavor of accent that you've never heard before on the show oh like uh, from anyone not just you is that what you're saying yeah actually from anyone wow okay romanian uh uh flicks sound eastern european so it's okay. yeah they do Wakanda forever. No, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about doing African accents because it is in the desert, and yeah. I've actually known Africans and heard the been around the accent, but yeah. I just feel like a descendant to racism, uh, unintended racism. Sure, uh, just so, you know, you'd have to tiptoe around it a little bit. Yeah, I'd be. I don't know. It's just. I think it's too easy to make it sound jokey. Like, it's, I guess it'd be the same with Asian accents too. I'd be worried to be too like, oh. You're so strong, Nash, with your big muscle. And I'm like, I'm just trying to do an accent, but it just sounds like I'm making fun of them, you know? So, like, Stanley, you, I like your sword. You know, it's just, it's not going to work. I just don't want to, no, I don't want to go there. I'm glad you can workshop it here a little, though. I, think I can, yeah. I, we can get a preview. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not doing, you know, Confucius next week. So. No, no. 
Uh, well, all right. That's all well and good. How about this real fast? Emails and phone calls. Your emails come to us when you go to the website, frogpants.com slash core, and click on the contact link. Very simple. No problem. Send them on their way like Garrett did. He sent an email. This is Garrett Rodriguez. Love that name. Uh, he says this. Uh, the subject is the Epic Store discussion on Core. I know we're, we thought we were done with this, but this is a pretty interesting take. Well, we actually pegged a conversation I'm supposed to follow up on, but yeah, I don't know how that one was, we that was a grumpy one. Don't you think? It was more like... Hey, well, no, I, I had a different thing where I've installed the Epic Store. Oh, right. Oh, right. I had a, I had, you, we had a follow-up, but then, you know, we well, kind of cut it because it's like... I don't want to chew the fat on Epic Game Store forever. Yeah, we can't make it a constant topic, but um, this is an interesting take. It says, are you guys aware that you can click the little plus add game button in Steam? It's down on the bottom left. I understand this doesn't address paying for exclusives and the philosophy behind limited game availability, but it makes launching games convenient. You only have to leave Steam to make, uh, sorry, only have to leave Steam to make your purchase. I like Blizz Launcher because the news is on there and it's relevant, but sometimes I'm hoping or hopping between games I launched Diablo 3, uh, Hearthstone, Hots from within Steam. Uh, I do this with WoW, or I did for a while. I had uh, It was before it was part of the launcher. Um, before Blizzard had their launcher, I would launch Steam and then launch WoW through Steam as an external game, which you totally can do. And it will track it in there and you know say how much time you've been in there, or how recent you played it, all the stuff you usually get out of the, out of the listing and it's sorting. Anyway, I'd like to see competitors uh, compete uh, implementing features like that. Uh, Cloud saves also API, big screen mode, that sort of thing, or even adding new features to drive Valve to innovate. Paying for a timed exclusive is probably easier. Steam has no uh, has so many features like Cloud saves API, big screen mode, because it's been around so long. No other store has really had a chance to compete until now. In the long run, it would probably be better for consumers. Stadia, depending on the model, could really make a lot of this moot unless Epic, Valve, or others come up with a streaming solution. I have a gaming PC, 450 games in my Steam library, but having tested it in beta, uh, if their model uh, isn't price prohibitive, I may never need to buy another game again, except for games exclusives to services other than Stadia. Uh, that's again from Garrett. Um, it's an interesting point. The part I really wanted to zoom in on here. Well, first of all, he's sort of he's tickling Bo's theory about Microsoft and Steam. Uh, just kind of a little bit uh, by I mean, saying it's doubling down on the idea that we're going to have exclusivity on the PC platform with console partners. Right. But this other idea of just if if you want to if launcher is the problem, then you can use Steam. But here's my question. If I have, let's say. What, what's one of the Steam ex- or what's one of the Epic exclusives that's out now? Um, I can't think of one. Hades. Hades. Let's say Hades. I want to launch Hades through Steam. I could. By adding it to Steam as an external game, I think that would still force launch the Epic Store to verify I have the right to play it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So I think it would in most cases. Yeah. I think there are occasionally some games that will let you do it without it. I think actually Apex is a game that can launch without being an origin. Right. I think I I feel like I heard that somewhere. I didn't test it. Right. Um, but I think there are some that can get around it, but I think most will just launch the launcher for you uh, to, to go ahead because a lot of times the launcher also handles the patching of the game itself. Oh, right. That's a good point. Some of them don't like uh, the patching for uh, when I play ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, the patching's done by a launcher that gets launched through Steam, but it's a 
It's a Bethesda launcher. Yeah. That one's Warframe's weird. the same. Warframe behaves the same way. Yeah, I guess yeah. there are a lot of games like that. Anything that has like a third party login, even if it borrows yeah. from the Steam login, does that. It seems like games as services or whatever. But um, interesting, uh, interesting stuff there, Garrett. We got one quick phone call as well, and uh, I'm gonna play it real quick. This is all about those stores as well. So why not have one more piece of commentary about that? Oh, there good. Hey, this is Legrand for Core. You guys are going to get it now because I put your number into my old speed dial on the phone. I just had a little bit of uh, feedback on the discussion about the Steam versus Epic Store versus Origin versus everything else. Uh, I've looked at the matrix that has been passed around with comparing the different features on Steam and features on Epic and everything else and saying Steam is so much better. When I go through that list and I see the things that Epic's actually missing, there's like one and it's you know, the Steam cloud saves, that's probably the best thing they have. Other than that, I'm kind of with, kind of with John where I don't really care. I don't need the, I don't need the community features. I don't need the curation. I don't need any of that. I just need a place where I can buy games and play games. And the big feature that's lacking, in my opinion, the only feature really is the Steam. There's the cloud saving feature that Steam has, which is awesome. Uh, anyway, thanks for the show. Thanks for the discussion. This last episode was amazing. So have a good day. Bye. Well, thanks for the compliment. Um, oh. Yeah. It, for, I mean, I don't know that Epic ever needs to have true parity across every single feature. There's some things I think that are just bloat on Steam or that have, you know, were maybe fun ideas to see how they'd work out, but ended up just kind of being filler. But I think cloud saves is key. I think uh, better security is key. And I think that, um, what was the other thing I wanted to see over there? Really? He's right. Cloud saves. That's the big one, right? So you can. Yeah. I mean, cloud, cloud saves are big. And... I find the overlay works really well. I don't know if Epic even has the overlay, but the Origin one doesn't work great, at least on my system. But Our, mine either. Fine. Yeah, Origin's um, weird. I don't like it. So, you know, good overlay is helpful, especially when you play a game where you're, you know, if you're playing EVE Online, or maybe that's a bad example, but a game where, like, lots of looking up of information is important, like mm-hmm. Banished, for example, everything's obscure. I'd rather than Alt-Tab out, just shift, just go into the overlay and use the Steam browser. I have a friends list on Steam. So again, Borderlands 3, if I buy it on, like, what's the integration like? And there's a concern there I, that could be solved just by in using GameSpy. Does that still exist in the game? I don't yep. probably not. Use GameSpy. Uh, I think that's gone. Um, but, uh, that's you know, my friends list is integrated to this key to Steam. So even if I do wait, do I still get to play with my Epic Store friends or not? Like, that seems... that's That seems really fragmented in my mind. I don't know... It, for the PC platform. So I think that's still a question. Like if all my friends are on Epic, then I have to buy it on Epic. I can't play with my friends on steam. Right. Can I? Is that well, possible? Um, we it depends on the game because if you buy most games you buy, like, let's say like, right. Okay. Well, actually no, this is true. So for example, you guys talked about Warframe. If you buy that on the nitro or whatever the crap, the discord store is, um, I guess just the Discord. Like you store. can play with anyone because they have their own friend system in Warframe. Right. Yes. It's like World of Warcraft or anything else. Like, right. I don't. There was a time when you didn't have to have Battle.net, anyways, to have friends. And wow. Now the same the same would be true for all Ubisoft games because they all use the UPlay unified friend system. Um, whether or not you use the launcher, it doesn't matter. The games themselves do that. Uh, trying to think of another. I don't example. think I don't think a Gearbox style game is going to have their own username and login for the Gearbox sto- launcher store. 
not for a launcher or like, store, but they may have a unified login for whatever. Everyone's always got a service now or something. Well, I of guess thing. you know, yeah, you can log in with Facebook or Google. Maybe they can do a thing, log in with Steam or Epic, and it's the same. Yeah, whatever it is. So I, maybe there's no reason to be worried there. I just, I'm pretty sure the what's the GTA Five one called? Uh, I guess the thing is is more is. like this. It's like usually with multiplayer games, the way it works is someone will ping me in Battle.net. Someone they'll see I'm online. They say you want to play some Heroes. They'll see me in Epic. Or not epic. Well, you'll see me there soon, I guess. You see me in Steam and say, you know, how's that game you're doing? Like I have before the game even launches, I have means of communication with people for gaming that I don't have like I'm not checking Twitter for invites or Slack for invites. So that further fragments the number of friends list. Because now I'm at the point where if I'm gonna install these launchers, I'm not I'm turning off um load up on boot. Mm-hmm. So I don't have them all loading in. Same. I don't, I don't. I already do that. I can't stand. I just want to pick and choose when but I want to launch. That was one of the nice. To me, that's a feature of Steam. Is if I have it auto booted up and BattleNet, people see, oh, I just got home from work, and I totally want them to be bugging me to play games together. That's why I have a friends list. Yeah. So now I don't get that benefit because I've got too many launchers, and I don't want fifteen of them running at the same time. So now you get all I, the friends it, in the world. <laughs> The way well, I, I mean, uh, I already you know, use, I uh, use like Twitter private messages. I got Slack people. I, I got Discord people. I got all those other people on Steam. Like I've got a problem that's like what you're talking about. And I wish it, yeah. there was a, I need a trillion solution. Remember trillion? Where it would take all your oh, yeah, yeah, AIM yeah, yeah. and AOL and, or I guess it was the same, uh, ICQ and all that jabber, all that stuff and jam it into one client just for my, just for my social. I would love that. Yeah. 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 So there's some logistical stuff that makes it like I said, makes it not desirable. But you're right. I mean, everyone I always said everyone was right, like just in terms of yes, it's a store, and if you like it, go ahead and do that. And if they can do exclusives, fine. I just don't like the timed exclusives. That's my big thing. I get it. I, don't like it. I totally get it. And you know, but now it all makes sense. Now we just have to accept the future for what it is. Steam's in bed with Microsoft and Epic's trying to get in bed with Sony, but Sony's playing hard to get, so Epic's trying to make them, their store look better. Wow. that You really are. Play the sound again. Play the sound again. I'm going to put this in the soundboard. This will just be here now when we need it. Yeah, I think I have a feeling yeah. I'm going to be doing more of this in the future. This will be a new shtick for me. Okay. Encore. <laughs> I'm into this it. Gonna be That's great. Theories. <laughs> Dude, for real. Like, Do it. This is our new segment. Bo puts on his uh, tinfoil hat and uh, tells us something crazy, and then I'll just know to go. Just whatever is needed. It's not a problem. I'm ready. I mean, you can go back to old episodes of The Gamers Inn where I predicted there was an expansion coming for Diablo. Yeah. I didn't realize it was going to get canceled. Yeah, you knew it. You had the right deal, though. You were right about yeah, that. Sound effect, please. Oh, wait. Sorry. Let's do it again. <laughs> Uh, it's good stuff. I'm going to get real annoying with it, Scott and listeners. That's okay. But, um, I'm ready. But uh, thank you everyone for being, in spite of that conversation, everyone was still very complimentary and all that kind of stuff. Oh I yeah. Like maybe I lumped myself in with some people I didn't mean to as part of that whole thing. There are some people who have told me that they have listened to every gaming show out there and the last few have convinced them that we have the best gaming show on the, on the podcast world. Now wow. I'm not saying that's true that's- or not true. It's obviously very subjective, but that's a powerful thing to tell us. So thanks yeah. for that. Uh, John, any fi- any other final thoughts on this whole store discussion that came up again today here? 
Uh, no, I stand by my laurels. Uh, I feel strong about my stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel supported by the community and my friends and peers. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank everybody for coming out today uh, to this and uh, supporting me in every way that they did. Thanks for coming think, to my I TED Talk. Epic, I think yeah. the Epic Game Store gave John a free game to say that. <laughs> Welcome to John's TED Talk, everybody. Oh, wait, that doesn't work in this. All right. Uh, that's, that's going to do it for the show. By the way, if you would like to leave us your own voicemails and your own emails, it's super simple, especially that voicemail, 801-471-0462. You got a phone, you plug it in, you type that number, and then off it goes, and you leave us a voicemail, 801-471-0462. Be like the grand. You can also go to the website and send us a message, frogpants.com slash core. And uh, as a reminder, we are supported by you, dear listener, we don't have a show without you. Patreon.com slash core show is where you'll go to do that. You've got a little time left in the month. So hop in there and make it happen. That's patreon.com slash core show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter as well. Bo Schwartz, John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. And of course, the show at core pod. Right? Yeah. Core pod. I know I hate pod, but whatever. What are you going to do? It's hard to find a lot. Of- <laughs> Scott was about to ask. Who named it that? What, 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 <laughs> where the hell did they come up with this name? Uh, I, hate that one you I hate the term pod. I really do, but there it is. Anyway, uh, that's it. We're uh, Thanks, everybody, else for being patient this week. We were a day off, but uh, it was mostly because I, I needed it. But now we're here, and we did one, and it was a good one. So I hope you enjoyed it. Watch for that new Metzen interview this weekend. Uh, well, actually, next week, if you don't sub to the instance thing, but... Well, don't worry. It'll show up on this uh, thing as well. And it's the third and final part of the Metzen interview series. And it's a good one. So do stick around. And longer, by the way. It's like an hour and a half, this final one. So check that out. There we go. Uh, yeah, John's like, now we're talking. Finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. It's long and not short. Those other two are just good. <laughs> they were good, uh, what do you call them? Uh, cliffhangers. I had to use them. Appetizers. Yes. Yes. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you all for being here. We'll be back next time with another show. Let's see, what's next week? Yeah, I'm still here that night. So Wednesday's still good. I leave Thursday morning for Vegas. So this will be a core next week. So we'll see you then. No interruption to our recording schedule. And have a fantastic night. Goodbye, everyone. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. That's a good question.